plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash dlc pod they are bringing the show to you they are making this show possible with their generosity and their support we are so grateful to them in exchange they get some cool stuff along the way including ad-free versions of the show They get video versions of the show on demand, the entire back catalog, plus bonus content. All patrons get the Feeling This Fridays. Feeling This, the show all about the feelings behind video games, where Alex Solman and Christian Spicer are talking. There's a whole season one, and season two is trucking along every single Friday. People are loving it. That is for every level of patron, plus... The Cool Ranch level of patrons get the paid DLC program on Wednesdays where Lana Bashinsky joins Christian Spicer and myself talking about all kinds of wacky stories and hilarious moments from our lives. You can't miss that. It's good times had by all. Plus, you get the audio version of the DLC book club exclusive to patrons. So much fun there. Uh, Next week, we're going to have author Steven Erickson on. It's going to be incredible. So much bonus content all for supporting this show and making it possible at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the main show, DLC, it's the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktop, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis, the guy who's in New York, and if he can make it onto the show there... He can make it onto the show from anywhere. It's up to you, Mr. Christian Spicer. How you doing? Live from New York, sitting in a bathroom, huddled around a bunch of cushions to knock down the echoing. It's Christian Spicer. Hey, I'm happy to be here. It is wild to be here. I haven't been back to New York uh, in a few years, and it's weird to be here. We're staying kind of in the hub of it all near Rockefeller, near Central Park. And I think I'm the only one that notices that the writer's strike is still going on. But I walk by all these buildings, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no one's in there right now. (laughs) But I'm good, and I'm happy to be here. And uh, Activision Microsoft rolls on, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All that and so much more. we got a lot to discuss, ladies and gentlemen. Also, some great games to tell you about that we have been playing. And we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, but this week, oh, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for Distinctive Learned Capability, because that is a technique. And we have the man known as technique, actor, host, voice actor, Twitch ambassador, Amazon Luna ambassador. It's Frank Ellerby back with us. Hey, Frank, how are you? 
What's good? Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I need to tone down on those titles. I got. I, I, we need acronyms from now on, right? Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't want people to be like, oh, he's all about himself. Um, I'll, I'll come no, on acronym. You deserve next it. Time. You're a multi hyphenate. You know, multi hyphenate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those. Yeah, I try. I try. I try to be like you guys. It's, it's a pleasure to be back. I appreciate it. Um, we're standing in a. Uh, it's it's an interesting world right now. I'll, I'll just say that um, in the world of gaming, we're we're doing okay. Uh, yeah. Other than that, whew, you know, <laughs> sounds good, man. We're just trucking on, right? We're getting through we're the summer on day by day, day by day. All yeah. right, well, let's get into it. We got a lot to discuss, so let's start the show the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you can send comments or questions or anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you. Send us an email, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We also have communities. We have a subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. And a really wonderful Discord where people are talking about all sorts of cool stuff. That is also 5x5DLC on Discord. So take part. Become uh, become part of the community. We love interacting with folks and, and uh, seeing what you guys want us to talk about. But Frank, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would Ooh. you consider to be your story of the week? Well, if anybody knows me, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. So um, the new trailer dropped, and uh, we should talk about it because yeah, ooh, yeah, good. we got we had Comic Con this week. It was a little bit of a mm-hmm. an odd Comic Con, at least from the reports yeah. of my friends that were there. I I did not go this year, but um, you know, with the with the actor strike and the writer mm-hmm. strike and everything, it's a it's a little bit different than it has been. Even uh, you know, even in the the <laughs> the post-COVID time, it's, everything's weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, we did get, I think, actually, because uh, some of the big Hollywood stuff that usually happens at Comic-Con wasn't able to happen, I think video games, in some some measure, uh, took center stage. This, this was a Spider-Man 2 panel in Hall H, the big main hall, where usually all of the big Hollywood stuff happens. And so this was in the, the big main hall, and there was a new Spider-Man 2 story trailer that dropped as well as a uh, a PS5 uh, redesign that will be coming out alongside the game in October. Uh so Frank, what do you what do you think that I think this was focused on the story there wasn't I mean it was all cutscene material, but there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of like gameplay reveals or any new skills or anything like that shown, but it was really focused on setting up the story, mm-hmm. uh showing a, a bit of venom showing a bit of Peter and Miles and, and that relationship. Um, tell me tell me what your reaction was. I mean, trailer one showed a, a good bit of gameplay and showed some new abilities and stuff like that to get us hyped for the gameplay. Um, we knew that was like very early or early on. You could see if you know game development or sat on the side of game development, you saw that that was a very early look of it. Um, mm-hmm. And now we get to like the little pretty like glossed up, you know, um, cut <laughs> scenes and stuff. And we saw Harry and we saw, you know, MJ and we saw the MJ is the same MJ and it has yeah. the same actor. A lot of people got their jobs back. Thank goodness. Um, we saw Peter looking a little, I, I say older in big quotations, like I have big air quotes. Um, you know, he went through changes uh, from like Spider-Man to Spider-Man remastered to now. Um, and the story looks good. I mean, insomniac games though, come on and they know how to handle comic book games you know and I'm, I'm really excited for wolverine whenever that drops but 
it looked fantastic. Um, they did justice on 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 Venom. Uh, it seems like every story, every comic book artist, every uh, other video game out there that that touched Venom always put them in their kind of style, you know. Um, and this one rings true to the original design. Yeah. Um, you know, granted, we knew like the moment they said Venom, I was like, oh, I already know who's going to be. You know, because um, <laughs> based off of Symbiote, the history of Symbiote, it 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 uh, feeds off of unlike the Sony portrayal of it it uh the movies it feeds off of um like the terminal illness you know like uh eddie brock in the past had like cancer and uh you know we don't know what harry has but obviously is something bad um and and the symbiote helps him he helps it um and the fact that we get to see peter with it and we might have some tussle with him with miles and peter um it looks great, man. I mean, I feel like they do justice to that every single time. I love the way Miles looked. There's like a little meme going on with the hairstyle. They're like, hey, they only know how to put one hairstyle on people. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like he's a teenager. He's going through that phase. The comic books even use that hairstyle. So it's like it's something that pulls from a lot of sources. And I'm very proud of them for that. I have a lot of friends that work on that game. And um, it looks good, man. I'm super hyped. I think most of my TikTok is reactions to <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and one went viral. It was, it was like the first, the first trailer. I was just screaming because I did not <laughs> think we were going to get Peter Parker symbiote black suit. Like I didn't think we were going to get yeah. it. So we got it. Woo. Yeah, I'm. I am total agreement with you. I mean, I I think about these uh, the the previous two Insomniac Spider Man games, and mm-hmm. I think the storytelling is at some points surpasses even mm-hmm. some of the film versions of Spider Man we've had in the past. Of course, we've had a lot of them and a lot of varying uh, levels of, of quality in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, but these are just the, the story alone uh, a great spider-man story you know I, I sit right along you know the, i'm old enough to remember when video games about ip specifically about comic books were so bad just yeah. so bad uh and now we've got these uh you know not only do the games look and play great but the the writing the storytelling is uh, shoulder to shoulder with some of the very best comic book stories, some of the very best film stories of these characters. And boy, you were right, man. This one looks like it's picking up right where those other two games left off as far as the uh, quality level. And and uh, I cannot wait to see the little tweaks that they're doing, you know, having uh, Harry fill that Eddie Brock role and and how that's going to play and all that stuff. It just looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how, you know... Peter sort of uh, going a little dark and, and uh, his relationship with Miles sort of being strained and all of that stuff just feels very juicy and very interesting. I uh, cannot wait to play this game. Yeah. What did you make, uh, Frank, of the, uh, of the PS5 design? Are, are you... Uh, oh, man. Pretty sick, right? Oh, man. I remember the um, PS4 Spider-Man and I wanted to get it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I couldn't because, you know, you know how the internet works. Um, but this one, I lost it. I was like, man, I don't have the money to throw away, but I'm about to make it happen. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, at good, least. Good news, though. Good news. Yeah. They're doing plates. I thought that yeah. was my favorite part about yeah, that I, announcement. I think that's great. And yeah. I'm going to, dra- I'm definitely going to grab the plates and the controller is gorgeous. The controllers are oh. so rad. So anyway, for folks that might not have seen the images, uh, it's worth looking up, but to describe it, it's, it's that, you know, that 
Spider-Man, PlayStation, Spider, Red Spider logo, but then the sort of edges are being encroached upon by the black symbiote tentacly stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's real pretty, real pretty. Yeah, so good. I, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so hyped for it. I wish it was coming out in November. It's close to my birthday. I have an excuse. You know? <laughs> it's um, definitely uh, I'll not say a early birthday. Time. <laughs> Everything's coming out of the same like three week period. Oh, it's man. scary, but yeah. Christian Spicer, I know you're excited for this game as well, having loved the previous ones. What did you, what's your feeling on the trailer? I mean, I think it's a great trailer. I echo what you both said already, and I'd like to add to it. I loved how they are setting the tone for Venom mm-hmm. in this game. At no point did we see Venom arguing about eating a cat or being a good little baby, you know, or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> right. that, might be <laughs> that might be somewhere in the game, but it does not appear to be that type of venom that they are creating. Um, I Interesting actually, that they did use similar vocal sound that the movies did. We have that one moment in the trailer where he talks, and it's it sounded similar to the voice modulation they have used for the two movies. I will say it's closer to the '90s Spider-Man uh, animation. Mm-hmm. Okay, All very right. very close. Yeah. I, I lost it. That was actually one of my things that I reacted. I was like, oh, they used the voice. Like I literally, like immediately. But anyway. I, ahead, I think that's great to your point, Frank, about how Insomniac pulls from so many things. And I yeah. think, you know, they've shown this rich tapestry, but they've also shown their willingness to um, depart from it. I won't say the spoiler, even though it's very old, you know, old now relatively. But in the first game, they very much showed us they understood Spider-Man, Peter, Aunt May, MJ, all of these core characters, but they did something new and different. It wasn't just a retelling of the comic books and same with Miles Morales game. So I think we're going to see more of that here, but I think they're showing us that they are respecting this core idea of what Venom is or has been, and that is scary. There's a scene, and I, I saw this kind of get passed around online as well but there's a brief scene in the trailer where it looks like mj is hiding you know like kind of almost holding her breath a la horror movie shot as uh peter in black costume lands in a hallway and walks past and i mean to me that says so much with so little i mean if mj is at a part where she's scared of peter or scared of that version of peter again this is not uh peter emo dancing down the streets of new york which again <laughs> i love parts of spider-man sam raimi spider-man 3 but this does not seem to be setting that tone right and i love seeing miles mask off talking about it i love mm-hmm. the emotion that they're getting from these uh performance actors it seems like in this game and yeah october is going to murder me with good games yeah. i think <laughs> if, if i may i would like to throw a big Big bait in the ocean right here. Venom. They got like Insomniac's incredible research and talent casting, uh, you know, voice directing is not easy. But Tony Todd as Venom, Candyman, like, yeah, pretty amazing, right? Perfect, right? Yeah. Like, he knows how to play a villain. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great point to, to, to bring up. Um, I, I, it did occur to me watching the trailer. It's like, it's so funny that. We have this design of of venom is is lodged itself into our you know global psyche our our cultural mm-hmm. uh, imagination and it's really just because Todd McFarlane likes to draw long gross tongues you know 
The dude likes yeah. long, long, snaky tongues. And he so uh, that's what it forever is. Forever is. Um, I got to say also, I'm pretty excited about Craven the Hunter being in the game. Yes. Dude, he looks awesome. He looks incredible. His story looks good. And you know what? Those two, for, for, no, non-spoiler, I'll just say they're not the only big bads in the game. Ooh. There's a lot more. Ah, uh, man. I am so excited for this game. It's going to be Same. such a great such a great experience very confident about that and yeah man that ps5 uh it is real pretty real pretty uh all right christian spicer what is your story of the week well it is not my story jeff is not that microsoft has acquired activision because that hasn't happened we talked right. last week it that it might happen it still hasn't happened so that well we made a, a big deal about the july 18th date and it looks like everybody agreed we also want to move to October. Everything's <laughs> happening in October. Yeah, they're like, when can we, how can we ruin Spider-Man's launch? <laughs> or, help this, yeah. or help it. Or help it. Happen the same day, baby. Um, so that's not my story. I would never, you know me, I would never bring up multiple stories as my story of the week. So I'm yeah, not. Yeah, right. Of course, because that's against I'm, the rules. Right. I'm not picking that as my story. Sure. But I am staying Xbox focused. And there were rumors of this as we were recording last week. And now it has been made official. And Jeff, dare I say that we had rumors of this eight years ago <laughs> or whenever it was, but now it has been made official. I think you might've predicted this five, six years ago, or maybe I'm sure I did at some point. I'm sure we all did, but Xbox live gold is going away and it will be replaced. You're saying right now, dear listener, Oh, by game pass mm, asterisks. Uh, <laughs> it's being replaced by Xbox game pass core. This is happening on September 1st. So you're thinking, oh, sweet. So they're finally getting rid of live and you won't need a subscription to play multiplayer games and you can just get Game Pass and that will get you everything. No, no, it, no, it does not. Xbox Game Pass Core gets you online multiplayer and 25 Game Pass titles. Uh, some of those are Among Us, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fallout 4, um, Halo 5. But Halo Infinite hasn't been announced as one of those yet. Inside, Psychonauts 2, great game. So like there's a lot of good stuff there. But it ain't it ain't Starfield. That's what it, it ain't. Right. It, it isn't day one releases. But then you're thinking, oh, okay, well, I'll, I can just get Game Pass and that will give me online multiplayer. No, no, it does not. It does not give you online multiplayer. You need Game Pass Ultimate, which then gives you all of the things. That is PC, console, multiplayer, day one releases. I mean, I don't know if it's obvious from me beating around the bush, but I didn't think that they could make after Xbox to Xbox 360 to Xbox One to Xbox Series. I maybe should have expected Xbox to have confusing naming conventions, but somehow, <laughs> my mm-hmm. friends, I think, well, they maybe made the service better. I think this has become far more confusing than it needs to be. It's like they're following Sony's playbook of PS Plus, PS Plus Essentials, PS Plus Plus Asterix Star Dollar Sign. <laughs> I'm just, I don't get it. I don't get why it's so hard. I think you may you may have either misspoke or I may have misheard you, but I do believe the core Game Pass Core does get you multiplayer. Yes, Game Pass. Maybe I misspoke. Game Pass. My understanding is Game Pass Core gets you online multiplayer. Game Pass, console Game Pass. Right. 
does, does not. not. Right. Game Pass <laughs> Game Pass Ultimate. Yes. That has because co- they put the core back in on the ultimate version. See what right. you get Game the Pass, core, we removed the core. Yeah. Yeah. Game Pass is like a donut, see? <laughs> And uh, game uh, Game Pass Core is like a donut hole, see. And then, uh, and then the Game Pass Ultimate is like some sort of uh, it's, it's like jelly filled. Combined. It's a yeah. jelly filled, <laughs> jelly filled. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Or they're so, trying to tell us the core of us don't have friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you're, I might have misspoke, uh, but also that's not my fault. Still, when you have them all it's called little, Game Pass, it's a little. It's, yeah. yeah, they have made it more confusing, not less. Uh, interestingly, that um, all. Xbox Live Gold subscribers are being converted to core subscribers automatically, but also they're sending people, um, you know, vouchers for stuff. They're trying to make the transition smooth, but yeah, it is a little confused. Excuse me, a little confusing. Um, Frank, what do you make of this? Oh, boy. Xbox, Xbox. (laughs) You know, I want to be a fly on the wall in these meetings because I, I genuinely feel like Xbox had something going with 360. It was a good system. It, it had it had the best online, right? Because like PlayStation Three was kind of struggling on that. Yeah. Um. And then they went into like, hey, we're going to make an entertainment device. You know, <laughs> no. What, what about gaming? Is eh, whatever. Let's do TV. You know. And then they realized their problems. And the Series X is a nice system. But gosh, does Xbox need a win, man? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. So it's just it's it's hard seeing them struggle in this in this in this gaming industry where they can win. Um, I just think coming up with all this stuff is just going to frustrate people because right now a lot of people are trying to find a reason to keep their Xbox Series X. I'm I mistakenly turn mine on and I'm like, yeah, it's on. You're still there, you know. And it's, it's it's just like, what else can you do? Xbox now, don't get me wrong, Game Pass is nice for the most part, but for those of us that can afford, you know, computers, we're going to play most of those titles on PC. So I feel like they should really start pushing their passes if that's where they want to live with exclusives um, or those lovely like indie studios that they, they they've gobbled up. They should offer a lot more of those things in these in the passes that don't cost as much to gain the trust back of the people that matter the most. And that's the the people that are console, you know, uh, they, they rely on the consoles yeah. more than I, more than a PC. I agree. I think it's going to be weird when Starfield hits the marketing mm-hmm. big ramp up in end of August, September, and it says play it for free on Game Pass. Yeah, and you're like, which one? But yeah. not core. Not core. Not yeah. core. Yeah. Yeah. core is in the name. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh man. The, my biggest worry, and and I, I hate this even more because Christian predicted it, and so it's kind of reinforcing <laughs> your prediction. But my big worry here is that this core thing exists at 9.99 a month so that they continue can continue to increase the price of game pass oh yeah most um, definitely so we've got a, a we've got a 9.99 per month tier which kind of sucks right uh comparatively i think the games they offer is not great well yeah i mean supposedly now supposedly microsoft says that the that list of 25 games will grow i don't know what that means if grow means they'll swap in and swap out it'll always be 25 or if the number will actually increase that's a question i think they would be wise to throw in like one killer app you know one like a starfield in there if they put starfield at the core price point i think the the, you know people would that would explode what do you yeah, who, think who about 
timed release. Yeah. You know, like Star, you get Starfield for 30 days. That's kind or, of Sony's playbook, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. yeah. I think that's great. 30 days, people beat games in 30 days or less. Yeah. I mean, you know? maybe not Starfield, but <laughs> yeah, maybe, not, maybe not Starfield. Yeah, beat with quotations, but, um, but at least they get to try it. And, and, and my right. thing is, if they get to try it and it knows it goes away, they'll up their subscription to something else or they'll buy the game, you know? And I, I think it's yeah. a really good marketing strategy, especially for. You know, in times like this, where you don't have an E3 to blow people's minds, you have game awards, but still, you know, limited time on a screen. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just worries me that because this now is there, you can, you can say there's a version of Game Pass at, you know, 10 bucks a month. It gives them license to raise the price for all the other tiers uh, incrementally over time. And I think we're going to see that. And it's a bummer because, um, you know, this isn't the one that I'm going to want to be subscribed to. I'm going to want to be subscribed to the ultimate one. Ultimate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, and I'm, I know I'm intentionally being a little silly about it, but at the end of the day, I feel like it they've added confusion, whereas in my opinion, it was such a simple, brilliant, beautiful message to have all of these trailers played at the Game Awards or Summer Games Fest or wherever they have, you know, a TV during a football game, whenever it is, and it says play it day one on Game Pass. That it's hard to get more simple than that, other than just play it for free day one on Xbox, as if you know like it was already bundled in. But barring that, it was such simple messaging that if I got this, I could play this day one and be done with it. And now they've muddied that water a little bit. And I think anytime you have to clarify something, much mm-hmm. like explaining a joke after you say it, it ruins the, <laughs> it ruins the joke. Yeah, and I feel like that's what they've stepped into with this, despite. I would argue making the actual package, I almost said core package, (laughs) making the offering of gold, of live gold better. uh, I think they've, they've also hurt things along the way and it bums me out. I a hundred percent agree with that. I think this is, you know, it it is unnecessarily confusing. If some, the, the idea that they would allow any consumer to buy what is called Xbox game pass and not get, the games that have been advertised as being a game pass game. That's a misstep. That is just going to provide confusion and frustration for the end user. And it it didn't need to be that way. They could have done it. They could have said here, Xbox, you know, Xbox live is leaving. Xbox live gold is leaving. We're going to do, you know, you can have a game pass or, or you can have, you know, they can have tiered levels of Game Pass that include online multiplayer. Like, make that the distinction. But Game Pass is always Game Pass. There's not a subset of Game Pass games that we have as the sort of, you know, intro to Game Pass, the core section. That just is a bad decision. Bad decision. Interesting, though. It starts September 1st. So uh, if you are just a live gold member, you're going to see your membership uh, changeover at that time. Uh, they're still going to offer the $60 per year for core, uh, $9.99 per month or $60 per year uh, for core. But again, um, you know, not a full Game Pass subscription, which is a but bit that of a bummer. also was not my story of the week, Jeff. That was my story of the week core. Oh, no. That was my story of the week core, <laughs> which you might have assumed was my... <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. No, why would I think that? Why would I... Impossible reason that... I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, my story of the week is, is a little funnier, but man, I just love this story this week. I, I read it with um, <laughs> such glee. Evidently, <clears throat> I want to tell you guys about, you know, the biggest story of the week, which is the, you know, I, I 
I play World of Warcraft off and on, but one of the things that's going to get me to go back to World of Warcraft, ladies and gentlemen, is they have finally brought Glorbo into the game. And it is a huge deal. I'm seeing this all over the terrible websites that report on Glorbo. No, the real story here is that uh, there are a bunch of uh, pretty crappy websites that just uh, use AI to scrape Reddit and uh, generate, auto-generate articles for their websites uh, to try to just uh, scrape off some traffic and get people to, to you know, Google uh, Google result up their their website to try to monetize that. And some really savvy, smart, funny Reddit users, one in particular named uh, Kafer uh, Kriegerin, I guess, uh, decided to game that system and posted on Reddit a fake announcement that World of Warcraft is going to finally have Glorbo in the game. Uh, Glorbo, I can't believe it. This is so exciting. Glorbo is finally coming to World of Warcraft. I'm so excited. It's like the thing I've been wanting for years. No details on what Glorbo is because Glorbo isn't anything. It was a completely made up non-thing that, of course, uh, some websites, in, in particular this one called The Portal, which is a gaming news uh, content mill, that this uh, company Z League runs. Uh, they uh, usually offer cash prizes for playing game tournaments. Uh, and uh, a a writer by the name of Lucy Reed posted an article about Glorbo on the portal. Lucy Reed, very busy writer because uh, Lucy Reed uh, authored 80 articles on that same day. Uh, just a workhorse, Lucy. Good job, Lucy. Of course, Lucy is not a human being not a person. Uh, Lucy is a, uh, a series of, uh, you know, um, algorithms that just grab Reddit posts and turns them into articles. Um, and, uh, so it actually became a real post, uh, (laughs) that had a headline of Glorbo finally coming to the game, um, which kind of exposed this practice, which I think is ridiculous. And I think is happening more and more. Uh, and will will happen more and more as these tools uh, proliferate. We don't know exactly the specific tool that the portal website is using, but they took it down, uh, this post, uh, after a lot of hullabaloo was made about how it was completely bogus. Uh, but then hilariously, a different Z-League bot going under the name of Ashley Beam Auto auto populated an article about how AI generated content scraping uh, made a uh, made a Glorbo. It literally reported on itself uh, with an article saying World of Warcraft players react to AI generated content in popular gaming sites. Uh, so you know it it continues. The nonsense continues. Uh, Frank, this tickled me. I thought it was very funny, but also a portent of things to come. Uh, which uh, worries me where you have this Ouroboros, this snake eating its own tail of the internet (laughs) creating articles that are then cited by other things that are then cited by other things that are then reported on by those same things. And none of it is, has any link to actual truth. Uh, So it's (sighs) a little scary, but I thought it was a little funny at the same time. You know, I agree. It sounds like uh, our media for the past three years. Um, <laughs> you know, wrong. there's always some kind of 
uh, who can who can be the fastest to write an article to get the most hits? Um, and now now we have AI jumping in on this bandwagon. We're not safe anywhere, man. We can't we can't even mean. Um, you know, it's being yeah. taken over, and 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 this is this is the trend. Uh, 2023 is, is is AI, artificial intelligence. We joked about it for so long, a long time ago, you know, when uh, cell phones were invented uh, uh, and, and people were thinking that that was a thing. And now we have people using these AIs in schools and getting their essays done. And now you have media. I can't wait to find out what I find about myself. And yeah, right. AI, I might report something about myself. And actually, you know, I have like articles everywhere. You got to be careful, though. <laughs> people believe stuff nowadays. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, my own, uh, I'm on cameo at cameo.com slash Jeff Canada. And, uh, I, my cameo, uh, I, I was on cameo for a, over a year before I ever looked at my, uh, my profile on cameo. And evidently it had used some means to compose a profile for me because I did not write one. And it was real wrong, real wrong. It's, <laughs> it's, it said the wrong date of birth. It said the wrong place oh, yeah. of birth. Uh, it was very strange. Uh, and you know, this is what, this is the internet. It's no longer a reliable source of information. <laughs> That's right. I, I just feel for people that, you know, you know, people used to go to the internet for like medical things, right? You're like, oh man, my wrist is hurting. What can this lead to? No, AI is going to like tell you that your wrist is mutating into a tentacle or something. And you'll believe it. It's kind of, yeah. I, how pathetic is it that the real fallout from, having an online repository of all the world's information is that we just can't trust it. Mm-hmm. That's just a sad, I mean, that's, that's like the twilight zone ending, you know, it's, we got all everything you could possibly want to know in one place. Awesome. But it mostly is wrong. <laughs> I mean, this is maybe taking it off the rails or maybe better say for a Wednesday show or something, but we're also there with streaming uh, video companies, Netflix, oh, yeah. Disney Plus, all of these. It's like finally a place where you can have every show all of the time, except not these shows or those shows. Not the ones that cost us money. This show's also gone. Yeah, no, it's nowhere. Um, we made it. We aired it for two weeks. It's gone. Willow. We're so proud of it. You can't watch it. Yeah. It's so strange. Can, can I buy it somewhere? That. No, you can't. If you mention it again, we are going to kill you. We cannot <laughs> talk about it. It is truly, truly bizarre. My hope, and I, I feel like there are folks at Blizzard or there were folks uh, at Blizzard that would turn this into a real thing. Oh, soon. they're 100% going to do it. There's going to be a right? Glorbo like quest in the game. 100%. Yeah, 100%. There's yeah, got to be something like that. And that excites me. But it is a little nerve-wracking to just see, and we've seen versions of this before, but to see it played out so in broad daylight, this idea of these story mills. And and then I think, Frank, to your point of people coming to it for medical knowledge or or other things like that, I mean, it it is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And and I I mentioned it before, I think as a parting gift on this show, I am super into print media again, and not that print media can't have inaccuracies in it or wholly purposeful inaccurate reporting or stories but man i have been loving my magazines and yeah. books even more than when i recommended it as a party gift on here there is something dare i say delicious about holding physical thing and being able to put it down and then pick it back up and not have a pop-up ad jump out at you when you weren't expecting it. Yeah, yeah, but like, it. except for podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts are the exception, right, Christian? Where podcasts are still super yeah, useful and helpful and very essential to life. I would argue that podcasts are the closest audio thing, I'm not joking, to 
print media in a way mm-hmm. because it, it is something that is long form is uh consumable yes well. it yes and, and it is not this thing that you can just pull up for half a second and then move on mm-hmm. from it comes back to where you left off i know you said that in, in jest jeff because this is what we do but also i truly believe it is you know the next step of radio, I don't need to get into this. I'm already on a huge tangent, but yes, I do mm. think podcasts are different. And I also, I also think that there's beauty in doing not, um, everything doesn't need to be in the moment and I'll end it there. I've rambled for mm. too long, but, uh, go subscribe to a magazine you love. I recommend edge. If you like video games, it's great. <laughs> I was shocked at how easy this seemed to be. Like they didn't even, there were no details in either the original Reddit post or the article. Like, it, it it doesn't need that. They literally were just like, we're so excited about Glorbo. I can't believe it. I've been waiting for Glorbo for years. Finally, they're making Glorbo. No discussion of what Glorbo was. <laughs> it was just Glorbo is coming. And then the the website had a headline, Glorbo finally going into the game after years of players waiting on Glorbo. It's like, there's it's... The most vapid, mm-hmm. <laughs> substanceless. Uh, it's just so depressing. You know what it is? We as a people, I'll, I'll just include, I don't, I don't believe it's us personally, but we as a total now in 2023, we don't consume stuff like we used to, you know, especially with read. We don't read anymore. We spot read now. Yeah. Um, and, and titles is what entices us, right? And yeah. it's like it's like we used to go for a book, right? You used to look at the cover, people say that saying, Can't tell who buys cover, but most of us go off the cover with the cover and you know attracts us, then we open it up and we look through. Now it's just like the title. And we read the title, we're like, what is this? And then we read the first couple of sentences, we're done. We're like, all right, we believe it. I feel for people to have to sign contracts nowadays. <laughs> uh, you know, but maybe we could use this to our advantage. Uh, Jeff, you know, like, I hope so. I maybe hope we can like write articles for stuff we want. Like, hey, where's that new uh, 60 FPS Nintendo Switch is coming out? You know, like <laughs> manifest the universe we want to yeah, manifest. In. It, yeah, you know, finally, animators yeah. and video game employees are in a union. Yeah. <laughs> waiting oh my for goodness! Years. Please, <laughs> audience has been waiting for years for podcaster to be given a Ferrari. Yeah, care. It's actually good. What? Microsoft yeah. acquisition of of Activision Blizzard goes through as does their acquisition of DLC podcast. <laughs> and they For get rid of course. It's just billion. one Game Pass. Yeah, like we're, we're, we're there, it, see? It has been renamed to Game Pass Unessential. Is the <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, my hope, honestly, you know, to get serious for a second, my hope is that this kind of thing being reported on in the places that people go and look for this kind of information shows folks that they need to be a little more sophisticated in their, mm-hmm. you know, media savvy. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope it's one of those things where it's like, wow, I really just, you know, I got to be a little bit better about the things I read and be a little more discerning. And, uh, you know, these, that's all I can hope, right. Is because this kind of thing is just so, it's so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Glorp. <laughs> it's so Glorbo. Glorbo. Yeah. It's Glorbo. Glorbo. Yeah, Glorbo. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, we got a lot of games to talk about. So let's get right into it and talk about our playlist. Free. 
think um you know what I, boy i see your playlist here and i have a game <laughs> uh, there's a game on it that i am z- very curious about so i'm gonna skip mm. uh right to remnant 2 yes because uh that game is not quite out yet i guess you've had an early copy of it oh right? yeah yeah, uh, and I've heard a lot of bubbling excitement about Remnant Two. Oh, Are man. you enjoying it? Let me tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll go on a small tangent about Remnant, please. So Remnant One was something um, Perfect World Entertainment was was a part of all that stuff, and I was doing a lot of stuff with them through their D and D Neverwinter stuff. And when I was in their office, I saw Remnant. I, no, obviously, I didn't talk about it back then. Um, and I was like, "What is this?" They were like, oh, you're going to like that. You like Souls games? And I was like, shut up. Don't say anymore. You know? And um, it, it was on no one's radar because they didn't market that game well at all. Like, we knew the day before it came out, I was like one of the only people playing it on, on Twitch. And that game blew me away. Remnant 2, I played for 10 hours today. Wow. Um, and with my wife. <laughs> so that goes a long way. It's incredible. If like even if you're not a big Souls person, mm-hmm. this game can it, like push you into Souls games because it's so great. And it's not like it's a baby Souls game where it's like overly forgiven. Granted, there's like different levels that you can play it at difficulty wise, but they took everything from Remnant One and gave us everything we wanted and all the DLCs and stuff that they took years to do and threw it all in Remnant Two. It is glorious. It's so fun. There's different classes. The world looks incredible. The graphics are out of control um and they have a class in there that has a doggo (laughs) okay like i was like i am legend all day it was it was was great it was it's so good you have to play it and you have to play it together yeah that's the thing it's it's got full-on like actual co-op right it's yeah drop uh, in drop out co-op you don't have to like three people draw a thing on the ground with some chalk and hope no no (laughs) full game story mode um the host leads the world you get to keep everything that you have obviously um you can run both back and forth to your stories they have like an ng uh new game plus mode and the cool thing about it is is that you don't run through the game again i granted i didn't i didn't beat it but this is public knowledge you don't run through the game again on the same thing so if i started today i could start in let's say area a right you started today you can start in area b it's different procedural like Mm. wherever you start um, once you beat the game and you do it again, all that stuff changes. Even the locations you were at has different stuff in it, different, different um, like side quests and stuff. It's ridiculous, man. And it's it, it looks pretty, uh, pretty you know, visceral, uh, grim, dark. You know, it's got it's got mm-hmm. like big scary monsters and stuff like that, right? That's the yeah. sort of tone of the game. Yeah, very gross monsters. Um, yeah, it's not it's, it's not really gory though, which is great. Um, you know, because some people just can't handle a lot of gore. But there are a lot of nasty stuff in there. And um, <laughs> there's like these cockroach looking things. So if you have a fear of those, I'm just saying it's, they're in there. Um, but it the different worlds feel different enough. It's not like you go from one world to another. And you're just like, oh, that's just a reshade color of that monster. You know, yeah. um, they're completely different to their branding. And if you play the first one, there's so many call outs to the first one. And good news, you don't have to play the first one to enjoy this one because they do a lot of callback with story. So they give you they give you that, but you have to talk to NPCs and everything is voice acted into perfection. They did a great job with the voice acting. But I will say, when you create your character, make sure you listen to the voices because some of them are a little obnoxious <laughs> on design. Okay. I don't ever blame the voice actors and directed on design. Um some deaf animations, some people go, ah, 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 you know, you're just like, wow, <laughs> why? 
why your voice acting was good until that, you know, like but that's that's the direction of that character. So make sure you listen to the voices. Man, I've, I've been hearing such positive stuff about Remnant 2. Hearing you talk about it uh, is, is very interesting, especially as like a sort of um, bridge into the Souls-like games, because I'm not yeah. I'm not a big fan of those games. But um, it's, yeah, it's a lot more forgiving when it okay. comes to uh, there's iframe dodging and stuff like that. But it is a third person shooter at the end of the day. I mean, you can't melee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the thing. And it's not melee is not thought of secondary. There's a lot of depth in melee. Um, but man, you're going to have so much fun because it has the, the biggest thing that you could take away from soul games that you're going to love about this game is that when you kill a boss, you get a piece of something from them and you can turn it into a, either a weapon or a mod. It's multiple things. It's not mm. just one thing. And that's what makes the progression and the loop of the game fun. It's like you kill some, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go back to see what I get. You know, how's this going to, um, help me along and help my build and stuff like that. And they have some really, I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but there's some really interesting design choices that they have that you may never experience in the first five times you play the game. You might experience on the sixth time. Sounds very cool. That is Remnant 2, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe it should be out by the time you hear this. It's coming out Tuesday. on the next couple days. Yeah, Tuesday. Yes. Very cool. Um, you and I have been playing uh, Diablo 4 Season mm. 1. Season uh, 1. Season of the Malignant uh, just dropped this week. Is that what you've been playing? Did you roll a new character for Season 1? I did. I did. Um, I rolled a necromancer, which is interesting because I, I've made so many characters for the story. <laughs> I beat the story on a barbarian and just went hand with every other thing. And necro put me to sleep before season one. I was just like, man, this is really not the, my jam. But I thought, you know, necro and Del- Diablo two was great. Yeah. Um, and then season one came out, and when the malignant hearts came into play, it changed the game for necros. Yeah big time and i was like whoa this is a little this is a little fun now guys and everybody's like i hate it i play sork i'm like i i, I understand they'll <laughs> fix it don't worry <laughs> you know yeah um but i I'm, I'm proud of the diablo team they're they're taking their punches you know um yeah. it's like in a boxing rink and you're against like muhammad ali and you you forgot the block right now for diablo they're getting kind of hit from left to right but they're taking it they're taking yeah. it to the chin they're standing tall and they're having these like campfires in their um dev talks mm-hmm. very important and i always oh, shout out to final fantasy 14 for doing live letters uh, i think they changed the game being transparent and open and having his live letters and those devs playing the game and they know what they're talking about um so i i have hope yeah yeah i i just to be clear if folks haven't been following it they, they had a big pretty much uh game-wide nerf mm-hmm. uh kind of pulling back from a lot of the most popular builds and and nerfing, um, uh, you know, some of the systems in the game across the board and Sorcerers specifically got, um, you know, uh, hammered uh, with some of the most popular builds. And they have, you know, said basically, hey, we had to do this. We don't ever want to do it this way ever again. We we don't want to have to take away things from players. We know that doesn't feel good. Um, but it was uh, it was basically the way people, you know, you, you could stack... Um, you could stack a stat over and over and over again. And, you know, basically they didn't feel like that was the way mm-hmm. they wanted people to uh, approach the game. They wanted to have more build diversity. And like you said, very transparent about it. I, I don't tend to react strongly when, when those things happen. I get it, you know, but the Same. whole point of these games is to find new builds and explore that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I, I agree with you that the other parts of season one, the way that they have sort of refreshed the game is so exciting and interesting for me. I uh, I played through the the game as a druid, 
rolled up a rogue Oof. for my season one or my first season one character. And I've been having a blast. Like you said, the malignant hearts, mm -hmm. which we don't need to get into the details of all the, you know, super specific stuff about how it works. But basically, they're giving you like legendary end game level uh, changes to the way weapons and skills work very early on as you're as you're leveling. So it's a it's a mechanism to basically give you these game breaking rule breaking um, uh, features onto items. So you have there are items that have slots, and so there's these new malignant heart things, these caged heart things that um, that uh, you can slot into certain items, and they're color coded, and there's different kinds of them. But they basically replace gems and basically turn a regular item into like the equivalent of a pretty awesome legendary item. So you have much more uh, variety of adding goofy, crazy rule-breaking features to your builds. And like you said, I've, I've noticed that it's, it's immediately super fun and refreshes uh, a game that I've played many, many, many hours of and makes me really excited about it. Also, the quest system is different. It becomes much more of a um, battle pass-centric experience. Um, so anytime anybody's played battle pass-type games, you know, from Marvel Snap to Call of Duty, <laughs> the uh, this progression of like, oh, you got to do this and do all these little um, goals that, that the battle pass will give you, like, you know, uh, do two dungeons or kill this many number of goblins or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, they're tracking all that. And so that it goes into the place of quests. So no longer are you getting, I mean, you can still do the quests, but uh, instead of quests in the season, you have the ability to, uh, progress through this battle pass levels of rewards by doing stuff that you would be doing anyway, but it sort of incentivizes doing specific things. And I like that. I mean, I'm not paying for battle pass. I have no intention to pay for battle pass, but I still think it's a fun progression system and there's lots of ways to go through it for free without ever spending a dime. So I'm mm -hmm. enjoying it. Are you, are you digging that, that level, that element of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in ARPGs in general, there's a loop, a game loop. And then, like, once you beat the story, uh, I don't, there's not many people out there that can do cutscenes like Diablo team. Yeah, for scenes, sure. You know, and like, yeah. once you get out of that, like, cinematic experience, you're thrown into a game loop. And that's where all the pain of being a developer enters the fray, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, I have to keep these people entertained, somebody that just rushed through like 40 hours of gameplay. Um, progression is the name of the game. And as long as you have multiple ways to progress and give somebody something to grind towards, it's they're happy. It's, I like to compare it to like keeping like a, like a puppy or or a kid, you know, excited all the time. And that's that's what we want is that excitement. And you keep you gradually make people powerful. And I think Path of Exile, a shout out to another RPG, has um, spoiled a lot of people because the whole idea of that game is you have all these slots for for skills. And those skills are only made to power up one ability for you. You, you go for a mobile mobility and a explosive move and you just jump, 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 you blow up, blow up one button, right? People were doing that in Diablo 4 early on because they stacked vulnerability and crit. That was the yeah. only thing they stacked. And I hated it because I was like, you have all these cool other things, but it's not worth using those because this is what everybody says doing because I can't stand meta gameplay. Yeah. Um, and and now that they nerfed everything, I was a sad. I was the one over there going, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. I'm glad they did it, rubbing my hands because I'm just like now you're forced to experiment. And I've had so much fun experimenting 
Yeah. Because the respec feature, and they're going to even make better respec feature, uh, make it cheaper, which is great. So yeah. now I can just like, you know, like whatever. Um, I, I am really enjoying the game for what it is. I, I think, I think we, and, and to a call back to Christian, what you were saying earlier, I think we need to kind of like bounce back a little bit and just enjoy stuff for what it is and just be there for the ride. Yeah. Um, and, and same with devs, you know, there was a time where I'm pretty sure we were all old enough here to remember when devs were happy to make games and their payout was seeing people happy to play their games. It wasn't like the investors happy. We're good. You know, it was more like, oh my gosh, these people are enjoying my game. And I think we're slowly kind of getting back to that with this transparency here and there, not in all cases, but I can see that the devs really care about what people say in Diablo four and seeing them passionate makes me passionate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people upset. I think, you know, a lot of it was the, um, the uh, cooldown reduction thing that people yeah. were, yeah, that they nerfed. But um, I know, all that stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that it, there's a lot of people upset, and I, I, I know that there are a lot of people that have kind of bounced off of Diablo Four. I still absolutely love it. I think, you know, I think it is, it, it's just fun to be in that place. It is not, it is a very different game than Diablo Three. I think the, the way the season is working is a lot closer to how Diablo Three mm-hmm. did seasons which I think was pretty successful. And I love their commitment to having every season sort of refresh the experience and add mm-hmm. new things to try and add new things to do and even add new story beats. There's, you know, there's a story to the season as well. It's just exciting. And I, it's a game that I find to be very, very fun to play. I love how beautiful the game looks and um, I keep wanting to go back to it. I, we'll see how it survives as, you know, September, August, September and October show up. But oh, um yeah. I definitely uh, have put lots of hours into it and, and still very much enjoy playing it. Um, all right. Uh, you have also finished Final Fantasy 16. Yes. Final How Fantasy How many 16. hours did you put into that bad oh boy? Oh, my goodness. Uh, 83? Yeah, 83 hours. Yeah. No I did every side quest. Wow. So you liked it, I take it. Yes, I liked it. Um, I realize I'm a very different person now. Um, you know, my very hours fr- later, yeah, <laughs> my yeah, hours, I'm just like, ha. no, well, back in the day when Final Fantasy seven first came out and, and that was like a big introductory for a lot of people in the, in the, in the U S when it came to JRPGs in general, especially Final Fantasy, um, because, you know, they released in Japan way before, um, I had a lot more time on my hands. I had a book next to me, a guide. I used to love having my little, my little guide on my lap and like looking through everything. Um, and Final Fantasy 16, they had to streamline a lot of stuff because, you know, the world is different when it works with RPGs. Um, the story was incredible. Um, Yoshida, the guy that does the, the director for Final Fantasy 14, came on board to direct this and did a bang up job. There was a lot of Final Fantasy 14, which is the online MMO version of the game. Um, there's a lot of callbacks to that. A lot of the boss fights felt like raids. Um, very beautiful cinematic like fighting. You know, you had to like your your call to action fighting and stuff, and then you had your actual fighting. Um, it was it was a hit for me. Was it game of the year for me? No. Um, just because there were some side quests, I felt like I needed to do every side quest, which I'm I'm okay with that. I'm in for that. But there were some I was just like, oh man, this is just kind of you know going on this is definitely an mmo experience you know like uh, yeah and i was like i don't know how people are gonna hold on to this but the main story itself was great but they would just break and they were like all right here's like seven side quests and you you kind of like really want to get back to the main story 
and you know you can just do that, but these side quests give you really good weapons, you know? So it's it was that balance back and forth. And I found myself towards the end just wanting to finish it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I could sit here forever. I was like, oh my God, I need to finish this. Not only that, because Baldur's Gate 3 is coming and I need to finish this, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I get uh, that. Yeah. Uh, did you think that it had a satisfying ending? I don't want you to spoil anything, but do you think the ending itself oh. was worth worth the 83 hour investment? Mm. Yes and no. I know what they were going for. And when you get to the end, everyone, you will understand where I'm coming from. It was very anime ending. And I wanted game. No, I can't say that. <laughs> Let's not think about the last season of Game of Thrones. Let's just say it like this. It was that whole the game is Game of Thrones Z. Very yeah. inspired. And I wanted a raw ending. Mm. Cliffhanger or whatever you want to give me. The ending we got was very anime. And I was just like, I wasn't like sitting in the movie theater after watching a three hour movie and like holding, holding in my, uh, my bathroom breaks and stuff <laughs> just to get to an ending, just to be disappointed. It wasn't that, but it was definitely like, okay, all right, let's go on to uh more Diablo four. You know, it was like immediately <laughs> jump over. I didn't, I, it wasn't sitting with me. I wasn't yeah. marinating in that thought. I was like, huh? All right. You know, and that was it. So um, that necessarily didn't make it was bad. I mean, some people will, there's, there's a lot of theory crafting and stuff going on. Reddit's are blowing up about it and la da da. It was good. It was worth the 80 something hours. Will I do NG plus? Probably not. Hmm. Will I platinum it? Definitely not. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Christian, are you, are, do you think you're, I know you're on vacation and you've been away from your consoles, but uh, do you think you're going to finish Final Fantasy 16? I do. I, I, you know, I have been pulled away from it because I've been out of town for a while. What I need, uh, Frank and Jeff, is I need a dual sense ripped apart and then shoved onto an Android device <laughs> that would somehow, you know, let me play. <laughs> I love the transition, by the way. I, I love I don't know. What, what yeah, do you call I, it? I, I'd want to stream it. So the the Q question I have for what I would call <laughs> that. Um, I have not finished Final Fantasy 16. I am still very much enjoying it. The side quests have not pulled me deep, mm. um, you know, pulled me far off the main path yet. I still feel like I'm playing it pretty critical pathy, which I think the game is, as Frank mentioned, is more focused than, than mm. some others have been. I think it's a weird game that the more I play it, the less I like it, but mm. I still really like it, if that makes sense. It's like, I feel like, and I know that there are still, or I believe there are still some surprises that await for me, but I feel like I found my rhythm in the combat. And so now it feels like going to a backyard barbecue. It's always fun and delicious, but you know what you're getting. You know, mm. there's not going to be that surprise moment where I feel like modern God of Wars threw those in and introduced an entirely new weapon. And maybe I'm, you know, I'll come back two weeks when I'm done traveling and I, <laughs> Frank's probably like, you idiot, you get this new weapon, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I haven't had that yet. So it very much feels like that backyard summer barbecue experience. Tons of fun, but I know what I'm doing every time I sit down to play it. And so like the luster has worn a little bit the more hours I've put you in. You clearly haven't been to my backyard barbecues where <laughs> right at the end, before everybody leaves, I give them a javelin. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, I was in Denver for over an hour, Jeff, and I didn't see you, so I don't believe that you live there. <laughs> You're going to ruin my OPSEC. Um, uh, all right, Frank, you also, uh, you've also you been playing a little Street Fighter Six. Yes, yeah, so I'm back in the FGC. Uh, I don't know if I, in the last podcast I was on, I don't know if I was saying I was going back into the FGC, but um, I used to do professional 
you know, gaming for, for Smash Brothers Melee a long time ago. Wow. Uh, early 2000s. And uh, it's been like nine and a half, ten years since I competed. And I was like, you know what? The MMO community is not really there. You know, I don't have time like I used to to do MMOs. And um, I want to go back into fighting games. And Street Fighter Six is the perfect game to get back into uh, fighting game wise. It is the easiest game to get into. It's like a easy to, you know, entry level, hard to master type thing. Yeah. Um, but man, am I enjoying it? I have put, I think I put 90 hours into Street Fighter. So no, wow. excuse me, 136 hours. Um, she was just checked. Uh, yeah, into Street Fighter Six, and it has been a blast. I oh, I do open lobbies with the community. We do learning lobbies where we all learn. We watch the uh, tournaments together. It's a tournament like every week, um, on multiple channels, and then in crowdfunded uh, prize pools, which is not something you see often. And then like Tekken Eight's coming out, so it's just like the the FGC is eating really good right now. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, what um what do you expect from Street Fighter Six on a competitive level uh, going forward? Do you think that oh. you know is that community? Are we going to see that game? You know, kind of have long legs? Uh, and and are people using the modern modern controls? How does that mm. play into it? Very good questions. Number one, my friend, it has broken history at Evo, eight over eight thousand entries wow no game has done that wow um and modern controls yes they are incredible they're they putting people into the game that's never touched fighting games before and it's something we're going to see evolve uh, i believe tekken's even going to have some sort of modern controls um, and a lot of fighting games are going to be doing it yeah um you know anime fighting games have been doing it for a long time because anime fighting games is its own genre um, because they have automated combos and all you have to know is how to counter automated combos, um, you know, sequences where combos drop and stuff. So you want to learn all that stuff and uh, not make mistakes and guard and all that good stuff. So now modern controls is cutting out the idea of you having to learn these complicated ways of inputs and giving you still a little challenge. You're able to input still. But if you use the assist button, you have a 20 percent reduction in damage. But you can still pull off some stuff. And the real good thing is, it's like people that have disabilities or have arthritis in their hands, you know, are a little bit older than, uh, you know, they don't have, you know, the functionality that they used to can play these games now. Um, and it's amazing. I, I am so tickled to see how Street Fighter 6 is going to help along the FGC and bring the community back. Uh, and, and we have seen more entries around the world we're talking about, we had a tournament in Africa. Kumite was in Africa this year, and it was huge. We, the, the blowout was really big, and we were really surprised. Um, and it's worldwide. That's awesome. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, even, if, even if you just want to dabble in it, I, I do a lot of TTRPGs and stuff as well. Um, uh -huh. We do like high production TTRPGs, like, uh, you know, recording music, you name it, all that stuff. It's essentially just we're acting at a, at a table, so to speak. Right. And those for my friend, my TTRBG's friends bought Street Fighter Six and never touched a fighting game <laughs> in their lives. That's that fantastic. right there was like, yeah, I was like, well, we're in. <laughs> it really does feel like it is single handedly sort of revitalizing the entire genre, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm going to. Oh, sorry. Go I was going to ask you, what's your go to character? What's what's your character? Oh, if no, you, I knew this question. <laughs> if you have to win, if you're you know, you, this is it. Make or break. You got to pick one character to take who you got. 
You know, I'll go with the community what they say. My guile is very strong. Mm. Very strong guile. Mr. America himself. Yeah. <laughs> funny enough. Um, he's very strong in the game. Uh, I play all the characters because I'm the type of guy that has to like know what everyone does, especially on a comp- on competitive level, um, to know what to look for. But my character that I want isn't in the game yet. Ooh, um, is that Sakura? I love uh, Sakura. Yeah, it's uh, you know like Ryu's little right. study. Yeah, I love her to death. She's she's quirky. She's fun. She's fast. Um, I like her a lot. But the thing I like with this one, um, I know I'm going a little bit off your question, but there is a character called Marisa. That I really like. She's this big Greek uh, gladiator woman, um, and she hits hard. So you <laughs> and I highly recommend her for new players because if someone makes a mistake against you, you could take about half their health. <laughs> you know, that's a awesome. simple combo. Yeah, it's great. Christian, what were you gonna say? Well, well, you know, if I had to win a fight, I would just pick Sonic Fox because I would never. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd never bet against them in any fight, so yes. I, I would not be in that fight if I had to win it. I would, Sonic I would, Fox is the way their brain works so good. <laughs> when it comes so to good. fighting games. Is I've never seen someone lab something and instantly get it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They they are absolutely incredible. What I was going to say before that I think might be controversial, but I I I wish it wasn't. I think it's going to be a shame when the end of the year comes around and Street Fighter VI isn't higher on more people's lists. I, I realize mm. that 2023 is maybe one of the best years of gaming ever, and this back half of it seems to be stacked with even more incredible games, even though the first half was already stacked with you know, a decade's worth of incredible games. But I truly believe Street Fighter VI is such a phenomenon and so well-made in an day and age of crappy pc ports Mm -hmm. horrible battle passes nickel and dime you for every little feature it is a game that has come out of the gate strong complete with a good online competitive scene a good um balance more or less there's a competitive meta that seems to satisfy not all but most players and it's a full package and so i hope that come the end of the year, early next year, people are still talking about Street Fighter VI, but my prediction is that it will be forgotten, I think, by too many people because it's quote-unquote just a fighting game, and I think that's a shame because I think it's I think it's one of the best. Well, mm. the reason for that, Christian, is that there are... Too many games. Indeed. <laughs> uh, all right, Christian, what is on your playlist this week? So two games I want to talk about. One I've actually played a while ago, but I kept forgetting to bring up, and this feels like the perfect week in uh, a kind of lull, so to speak, before the deluge continues. And I think it's interesting because we've seen so many games kind of pitch this approach as their potential take on the forever game, the married game, the competitive style game. And it is, the game I'm talking about is the finals, and it is a first-person shooter extraction kind of game where it is positioned as a game show in world with a lot of in world narration and banners on screens and stuff like that that make it seem not hunger games in its uh, realism of you dying but in like that kind of aesthetic of announcing the thing people outside this dome rooting for it but very much it being a show in the world that the game exists in as well and you're trying to get the money, escape with the money, killing other people gives you money, and it plays into kind of that 
extraction loop that I think Tom Clancy Games did a long time ago, but I also think this next wave of hopeful (laughs) for the developers making them forever games are also trying to play into where it's PvP, but there's perhaps a little PvPVE in it as well, and you're trying to get this thing and then defend the wave from the other people as you all try to get out. And what I think is really cool about the finals is that aesthetic and the voiceover and the world they've built where you're kind of playing in this game show. It makes it very fun. I think it has a great announcer, a really cool vibe to it. And the finals also brings destructibility into the world in the way that Battlefield Bad Company did whatever it is 20 years ago now, but where almost everything in the world is destructible in some form or fashion. And this isn't Fortnite-style destruction where you take out your pickaxe and hit at it or, you know, those types of buildings that structures that a player would build and fall. They are, you know, honest to goodness, buildings in the world where you think, oh, I'm behind this wall under this stairwell for, you know, decades of playing first-person shooters. This is where I would hide and camp as I'm trying to heal or recon or see what happens. And then somebody blows a wall behind you. The structure falls and you're coined out, you know, or whatever it is. I think moments like that are really fun and exciting. The but that comes after all of that is I really suck. (laughs) And I just don't know how these games can get big enough to do the things I think they want to do. As we were just talking about Street Fighter VI, bringing lapsed players or new players into the fold. I'm very curious to see how the finals evolves before it's final release or all these other extraction style games that pit player versus player in some team goal if they're able to really crack that egg of being a fortnite style hit and popular with enough people to demand the resources that need to be put into these games as service games i would never claim that i'm the best first person shooter player even on my street probably but i'm a competent gamer and i found that i was having more moments of less fun than awesome moments repeated that want to bring me back. And I don't know if the finals has cracked that egg. And I'm curious if any of these other extraction style games that seem to be coming will. And I think Jeff, we talked about this forever ago about what the battle Royale kind of brings to genres is it's that once you stop having fun, it puts you in a new game where you get to have fun again. You know, you, know, you yeah. die, then you reload, then you're back in. And I'm very curious to see what this extraction style game can do for that gameplay loop. Frank, did you ever, did you jump into either of these um, open betas when they were running for the finals? I, okay. So I watched a lot of people play it because um, I was very interested in it because it, it was kind of weird how it just kind of popped up, you know? And I, Man, I, I tell you, I want those type of games to win so bad. I just have they have a really bad track record. And um it makes me think of Hyperscape. Remember that by uh, Ubisoft? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That game kind of had the same aesthetic. And I played the mess out of that game. I went I, I, I was really bad at the beginning. And then I got really good at the end. And I loved it so much, but you know, they there was mistakes along the way, things happened, balancing changes, all that stuff. It was like really hard development. And they just couldn't keep the lights on, you know? So they just ended it. And I feel like a lot of companies just get so afraid and they just cut those games off without going through. Every game has to go through its its, its, its bad period when it's an online competitive game. And, and, and like, 
the best to the worst is just a five of the fittest. I really want that style of game to win because I love having games where I can just jump in for a few hours, play if really bad or not, um, enjoy myself, log off and then eat, go look at something, read something, whatever, come back and didn't have that much fun again. Um, so I'm, I'm rooting for it. It was, it was very quirky and I, and I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it, it brings a lot to the table and I don't, mm. I won't pretend that it's perfect or the version of it that I played is perfect, but the destructibility, a game leaning into that and again, a more quote unquote realistic setting versus a Fortnite style of destructibility, I think is really cool and it keeps you always on your toes. Uh, cash out is is this, the mode they call then having you do different objectives in order to get these cash out moments, I think is really cool and kept me on my toes, but I, I'm still curious. Yeah, and maybe it does need to just give it the time to go through it, but mm-hmm. it reminded me Jeff, I think it was, was it a Sega game that's upcoming where they, they jump, it's like a space mall and you go oh, rob the space mall. Yeah. yeah. They, you know what I'm talking, it's not out yet, not but it seems. to come up with the title, but It's yeah. not hyenas. It's something. Oh, hy- it might be. Is it? Jackals? No, it, <laughs> something oh, a hyenas like that, right? is a, a game that um, does have that style of gameplay, but there's another one they announced at um, Game Awards and I get those two mixed up because they're very similar. That's right. The Jade Raymond game is kind of one of these two, right? Is that yeah. hyenas? Is that so? I feel like very smart people think that this is a potential next. Um, I don't know. Want to say genre because it's still a first yeah, person shooter. Yeah, hyenas is the but, space one. Yes, hyenas. Okay. Is that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I feel like very smart people think that this is a next fertile <sighs> gaming ground for yeah. this game as service forever game. And having not played any of those others yet, but just spending a good amount of time with the finals when I had time with it, I'm not sure if it's going to click for masses. Because uh, I actually work. This is I won't get into too many specifics, but worked on a game that everybody knows and everybody can play, and they tried to make it competitive. It doesn't work with every game. Some games have a high a skill level that are required when you play them competitively, and just because someone has played a first-person shooter before <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're going to play your first-person shooter competitively because they're not able to grok it and somehow fortnite cracked that code of making it a game accessible and also hard and i'm very curious if the finals on full release or hyenas or if any of the other games can do it and, and, and jeff i just don't know if they can yeah i it's not a, a subgenre that i'm particularly drawn to um so i can't really speak to it you know it's not it's not something that i'm going to seek out anyway um but i I feel like if there if it was handled particularly you know cool i would be open to it but yeah you know i agree it does feel like this is already crowded and these a lot of these games haven't even come out yet you know um yeah yeah you know Um, you know what game kind of fits a mode that you want christian and i don't know if you guys touched it but the the marketing hasn't been really great behind it but it's capcom it's uh exo primal Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe right. If they added a ranked mode with a drafting system in it, I think that game has huge potential because it kind of has that same feel. The announcer is not great; it, it gets kind of like yeah, overbearing sometimes and yeah. annoying. It's like hey, raptors are spawning. Well, we get it. We get it. Have you, you know, considered like, <laughs> uh, trying to free the raptor? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but th- I love that competition of going PVE, PVP, back and forth. We all have an end goal. And then at the end is randomized, right? If you do random, yeah. Um, you may fight each other. You might fight a dominant version of that person, which you like control the dinosaur. You go over there and fight the other team. It may be straight PVE. 
I think that has a strong hold if they add that competitive spirit into it as a mode option. Always options. Options are good. I think they can crack that mold. But I believe the problem we're suffering from, Christian, is the fact that it's all competitive. And when you feel bad about something, when you feel like you just can't get an edge on anything, you don't want to play the game anymore. And Fortnite did have that problem. And they introduced the entry level way of getting people hooked. And that's by putting them against bots. So you have a hidden MMR. And, you know, your first game may be 99% bots. Then your fifth game might be 60% bots. And then it eventually gets you down. It kind of eases you in. But, like, with the finals, you're just going up against a bunch of shrouds, (laughs) you know? Uh, And and you get demoralized. I do like the idea of uh, stealing a Triceratops. (laughs) Extract the Triceratops. (laughs) That sounds fun. But you can't get around a person standing in front of you with their hand out. You know, that's the impenetrable dinosaur can't get around that. Um, (laughs) um, The other game on my playlist, I I raved about Viewfinder on last week's show. I have now rolled credits or or used my entire roll of film um, (laughs) on Viewfinder. Incredible game. I still highly recommend it. I stand by everything I said last week. Um, the writing, it doesn't live up to Portal's legacy, but the, the creativity and the levels and gameplay absolutely is is phenomenal. Absolutely. What a triumph of a game. So with that, I was very inspired to go back to Portal. And I saw that Portal Prelude RTX came out, and it is a free download on Steam. Portal Prelude was a fan-made mod that i never played back in the day i always remembered hearing about how great it was and how cool it was how complete it was i think it was like six hours when it launched and then maybe became even bigger i think it's like eight to ten hours now of fully voiced you know full package style mod to portal but that tells a prequel story before the first two games and again like production values through the roof all that stuff i remember getting people singing its praises back in the day but now it's come out uh with rtx and jeff you and i both raved about portal rtx when that came out yeah i'm a big fan of nvidia's tech we both love dlss 3.0 and everything that it does and full ray tracing as shown in portal rtx and me loving viewfinder i was like oh man portal prelude rtx just came out this is definitely what i'm going to jump into next i'm super excited to play this super excited to see all the rays and then I jumped into it, and it's really hard, you guys. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I was the only one who thought when they said it's hard. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played all the portals. I can jump into it's this, no the problem. It's always the fan-made ones that ramp up the difficulty. It, the fans get motivated, and they're like, we're going to make our own because these developers give it, you make it too easy for folks, you know? Yeah, yes. And I was coming off of Viewfinder, which has zero combat. And and again, Portal Prelude is old, and this hasn't it hasn't updated the game at all. This is no fault to the game or the developers, but I feel like they, have ex- they almost expect you to have just finished Portal 2 and have all your skills locked, and you dive into you know, prelude now and you have everything firing. It's kind of like when the last Celeste expansion levels came out and they were like, these are harder. This is the culmination of everything that we've done. Yeah. These are really going to kick your butt. And I was like, oh, please, I can get all the strawberries. I can play these levels. And then I can't, you know, beat the first level. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah you guys really made hard, <laughs> hard levels here. That's why I felt playing 
uh, Portal Prelude. And I got through some levels. I don't want to say I didn't get through the first level, but it quickly ramps up the difficulty and the momentum. And there is comp, not you doing combat, but turrets and stuff like that. So if you're thinking about playing Portal Prelude RTX, please know it is difficult and it will take a little bit of uh, brain rewiring to get you back into that portal flow. But Jeff, my goodness, it is that full ray tracing incredible you know it looks like a beautiful piece of candy yeah the the, the switch that you go to and what else is interesting about the portal prelude release and i guess also i I need to bring up our xbox conversation again about confusing naming i already think ray tracing is somewhat confusing because there's ray tracing full ray tracing just shadow ray tracing like what does ray tracing mean so portal rtx has full ray tracing everything is being all of the rays all of the tracing Portal Prelude RTX also has that technology into it, but it is also supporting RTX IO. And now you're wondering, what is RTX IO? It must be have something to do with ray tracing because it seems very similar to what we've used for ray tracing before. The R and the T and the X there, that's what they mm-hmm. stand for. It does not. The, and then the I and the O are like a power on, power off switch. You know, you'd see on a little toggle. No, nothing to do with ray tracing. It's a GPU accelerated decompression scheme. Okay. Right? That's what you would expect it sure. to be. Decompression mm-hmm. scheme meaning what? Yep. So it's NVIDIA's version, more or less, of direct storage 1.2, which Just is faster loads. Faster loads takes it off of what would be a CPU process, puts it onto the GPU, and gives you those really quick instant loads, things that the PlayStation 5 was touting back with what Ratchet and Clank when you were jumping between worlds. So PC games kind of requiring, uh, whether actually or quote-unquote only, SSDs and not running off of traditional hard drives anymore, RTX IO is NVIDIA's version of that in terms of bringing in things faster, loading things faster, and letting you play through things. And Digital Foundry, as per usual, did a breakdown of how much faster things loaded with RTX IO in Portal Prelude. My goodness, this is Alphabet Soup. <laughs> <laughs> Portal Prelude RTX. Um, and they were really impressed by how fast it was able to uh build out those assets that you're coming into a world in a, a game that is very fast and it you know you're flying through these levels and having all of these things load with all of the rays being traced and stuff like that so i think portal prelude rtx is a very interesting game in the sense that it's a, a it's portal levels i've never played before just because i never got to them but now adding this full ray tracing on top of it but now also showing this next step in what pc loading can be in load times very very cool to see and i love that it's put out there to exist as a as a thing but it also still very much feels like an experiment and we're starting with this very old mod on an old game to show you how this stuff could work but if this is the future frank and jeff and all the games have all of the rays and all of the things and i need a ps5 pro to play them perhaps Mm -hmm. (laughs) sign me up because it's beautiful and there's no stuttering. There's in in no, practice, I mean, incredible. In practice, you are noticing swift loads. Well, so I, I didn't. I didn't sit there and turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. I only do that with ray tracing to see the pretty jelly bean, to not see the pretty jelly bean. So I just played through the levels, and the fact that everything is happening in 
more or less real time as I'm hurling through this yeah. space out of all of these portals and without seeing drops or stutters or anything like that, I don't know if I would say, hey, this is because of RTX IO technology or not. Right. But I know that it ran glorious for me and it's a heck of an experience. Well, there you go. Portal Prelude RTX, uh, which you said is free, right, on Steam? It is free. It is free. That's nice. Oh, and a per, I, I think I started to say this, but I didn't finish. Digital Foundry's test said it was about um, – it improved load time performance by roughly 50% wow. was the uh, Digital Foundry's do you, testing. Do you have to own Portal in order for it to be free? That I don't know because I've owned Portal, I think, yeah. my whole life. Yeah. I think I was born <laughs> with Portal. Sure. You're born uh, from a Portal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so I talked a, a lot about how I've been playing a ton of uh, Diablo 4 in the new Season 1. I want to tell you about another game, uh, a more of an indie game experience. And I have to thank Grant, who reached out to me on, uh, I guess I got to call it X now. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, it's <laughs> X, I guess. Uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter. Uh, anyway, uh, Grant reached out to me and suggested... A game called Ember Knights, which was not on my radar at all, but recently went from uh, early access into a full 1.0 release, uh, just just very recently. Uh, this is a game uh, from Doom Turtle, is the name of the developer, and this is uh, you know my catnip. This is, these are the games that I really like, and Grant was spot on in suggesting it to me. Ember Knights is a is a roguelike, an action roguelike. Uh, where you play a little uh, little fiery ember knight, uh, and you go through these uh, rifts into places. Uh, yeah, there's a story. I didn't pay as much attention to it, to be honest with you. The point is, uh, it is a top-down, um, uh, basically arena-style action roguelike. And you can, uh, you have a variety of uh, weapons that you, you can eventually earn. You'll get upgrades uh, you get new skills. You, uh, you you're running around very fast paced environment stuff. Uh, things all over the screen. Kill, kill, kill. Go to the next room. Rinse, repeat. Uh, you'll get you know the trappings of a roguelike where you you know you get a currency that you can unlock in your home base that gets you uh, things uh, upgrades that you can start with on subsequent runs. Uh, and you can get upgrades in the midst of a run that don't persist, but that are, you you get the option to uh, unlock new things that may show up in your subsequent runs that you then can equip. Um, and you have an actual build of your character that is actually kind of very, very smartly done. You have this currency that you can buy these upgrades that, you know, you start new runs with. But each upgrade tier has uh, two different versions that you can swap one or the other. So, for example, you can get a damage boost to regular enemies, or you can swap it for a damage boost for boss and mini-boss enemies. So if you're, like, tearing through the regular enemies on a run, and then the, the bosses are giving you problems, you can swap in your, you know, if you've upgraded it, you can swap in your damage boost for you know mini bosses and bosses and that could help you out uh, or vice versa and i it's a very smart system it's it's simple but it's very smart uh i really like this game i really like ember knights and i'll tell you the biggest reason why it is quick it it does not waste any of your time it's fast it's it's one 
I think that's such a benefit for these roguelike experiences or roguelite experiences because the hook of a roguelite is I could do another run. And if it's if it's fast, if it's giving you stuff fast, it leads me to go, I could do another one. I could do another one. And that's the fun hook is this game you you know, you it's it's very um um What's the game we don't think exists, Christian? Hades. That's the one. Uh, it's very Hades-like in the sense that you go into a room. It's an arena. You have to kill all the enemies in order to leave that room, right? But there are— I've never heard of that game. What is it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, I can't remember either. Anyway, um, <laughs> and but in this—but in uh, Ember Knights, there tends to be—it tends to be much quicker that you can eliminate all the enemies in the room. It tends to be very— Fast. I mean, I've only gotten into the, you know, deep into the second world so far. So maybe that changes and the difficulty ramps up. But so far, the game, it, it's like kill, 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 boom, done with the room, next room. And you always get to see, you know, sometimes there'll be a choice as to which door you leave. You always get to see what the reward of the next room is. Very Hades like, right? In knowing what reward you're going to try to get by going to the next room. And bam, 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 you're getting a new thing. Bam, 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 you're getting a new thing. It's just very quick in giving you upgrades and building out your character and moving you forward and then getting you to the mini boss. It's just, it doesn't waste any time. The fighting is really fun. You have a dodge and, that you have right away. You don't have to, you know, earn it. And the dodge uh, doesn't really have a cooldown at all. Very, very small cooldown. So, you can dodge all over the place. It's got a little bit of bullet helly influences from it in that, you know, there's like stuff coming at you all over the screen sometimes and you have a very small window of a place where you can dodge and be safe. It'll it'll notice when you do a really good dodge. It'll say like perfect dodge. You charge up the skills that you, uh, you equip to your character and you can use them in a variety of ways. It's just a really streamlined... It's, it's sort of like concentrated roguelite. Like it gives you all of the stuff you want out of a roguelite really fast, really, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of friction in the game. You just, you're doing the thing you like to do in these kinds of games right away and, and you're getting upgrades constantly and there's just really, it's, it concentrates the fun and I give it a lot of credit for that. The other crazy thing about Ember Knights, which I have not experienced is that it supports up to four players in co-op. And that, is, that alone is awesome. I mean, imagine playing Hades with three other people. What would that be like? That's kind of the idea here. I imagine that is a wild and wacky experience because there's so much going on the screen in one player that I've played. I can't imagine adding three other people and just all the stuff that would happen. But I, I think that would be very fun if not, you know, a little uh, hard to follow on the screen. Just a lot of a lot of stuff going on. But it's cool that the game supports four player co op. Uh, you know, obviously up to four. You can do two or three. Um, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. I bought it for uh, what sixteen bucks on Steam. It's on fifteen percent off right now. I would say that is a steal for a game that concentrates this amount of fun into short bursts. It's a great Steam Deck game. I love it, and thanks, Grant, for suggesting it, because I hadn't heard about this game at all. Ember Knights is what it's called. And please, folks, if there are other indie games that you haven't heard me mention that should be on my radar, 
reach out. You can always email us dlcfeedback at gmail.com or any of the socials. There's too many socials, but you know, reach out to me because I love getting these games that, that have been not on my radar uh, that end up being delightful. So that's Ember Nights. And that is our playlist. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those. But Frank Ellerby, thank you so much for being with us, man. It's always so yeah, much man. fun talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure and uh, great conversations. The time goes by so fast. I was like, wait a minute, we're done. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, please feel free to always hit me up. I'm always willing to, if I have time to definitely come by and chill with you guys. Awesome, man. We love it. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the cool stuff you do online. Sure. You can... Uh, Right now, I'm doing a lot more live streaming because of things happening in the world. Uh, so you'll see me at <laughs> twitch.tv slash technique. Um, hopefully things reside. If that is the case, there should be a big announcement coming up. But with all the strikes, we're kind of holding out. Um, other than that, you can find me on tw- uh, X. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, X going to give it to you, I like guess. A, I don't know. The ex-girlfriend of social media. Um, <laughs> right there. Uh, it's just technique TV. Um, and you can find me on, if you want to see reactions, uh, the TikTok thing, the thing that young kids do, um, is technique.tv there. Uh, yeah, that's where I'll be. I'm, I will be at FanFest this week. Um, so if you're in Vegas. Awesome. Amazing see me there. Very cool. <laughs> Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Um, recording in bathrooms. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, well, he might be in your me. bathroom right now. Don't go in there. <laughs> don't, Come into a bathroom near you. <laughs> keep the lid on your toilet down. There might be a podcast being recorded. I you gotta keep it. Podcast? A pot, a potty cast. Um, this show is on threads. Yeah. You can find it at DLC Hype Train. You can check that out and join in the fun question mark um we also just I'm got also- uh pod.com uh, if you yes. want to look at old episodes uh dlcpod.com there's not much there it's just a uh, ways to download the show but you know what we got it we secured it finally it, after 10 years of doing this DLC- it's an easy redirect to our main rss feed and that's like check it out you don't need to say find it on your podcast provider of choice you can just tell friends dlcpod.com the thing that jeff loves more than anything in the world is to have a podcast referred to as a pod. Oh man! Somehow, I'm, <laughs> somehow, I am my own worst, worst enemy. I've become. I have become. I am become death, <laughs> destroyer of worlds. But yes, in the show's tenth year is where you finally start a social media account, yep. and you We're also register a custom URL. So hey, just in time if, for social media to completely take a dump, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We're there. If this is if this is the last year of it. We are ready, baby. We are ready. But uh, come hang out. And the Discord is probably the best way to get a hold of me good group of folks in there i love hanging out and chatting we were talking uh soccer stuff earlier is a big soccer week this past week and i'm sure there'll be more of that as well so come hang out in the discord come say hi and you can follow me on x and on threads uh at you know you don't you don't need to say x you don't need to say tw- you don't need to say it i know just it's just funny just not I'm, i think it's funny, just man. not uh i'm on the th- i'm on i'm on threads uh at jeff canada and uh, you can always email us here, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Also, I have other shows, the film cast, where we talk about movies and TV shows. Uh, we have Concerns, which is a comedy science show, and the uh, fan-controlled show, which is a sports show. Uh, all of those are on all the places that you can get audio and video. They're all there. They're all around. Check them out. 
Um, I also we also do the 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 book club, the DLC book club. Um, audio version is exclusive to patrons, but the video version is on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Kanata Jeff. Good times over there. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Frank, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yes. Um, B12 vitamins. Mm. <laughs> it's funny, but um, I turned 40 this year, and uh, B12 vitamins is the one of the number one vitamins you should be taking. Uh, get them with, uh, I think it's, this is no no ad, you know. Uh, I don't know how you want me, if you don't want me to say a name or no, not. No, it's fine. Go for it. Okay. Uh, Nature's Bounty. Uh, that's like the go-to. Okay. Take one pill a day, man. Uh, I say, I say that's that's definitely something everyone should be doing. It helps with your blood cells and everything. Um, but the biggest takeaway I want everyone to think is to take some time. Uh, just take some time for yourself. Go outside. Um, you know, even if it's just checking the mail and just like kind of look up. Uh, I would say breathe in the good air, but if you're anywhere on the East Coast, especially New York area, don't breathe in that. Um, <laughs> it's not good. Uh, but other than that, yeah, just take some time for yourself. It's something that I'm trying to really do. Um, I've been really bad about that. I've been letting work consume me yeah. a lot, um, you know, and um, we just don't realize how fast the days go by. When I was younger, days would take forever. Um, you know, I was like, hey, God, the weekend's so far away. Now it's like weekend boom. Yeah. Um, and also Ninja Air Fryer. I know that sounds really weird, but uh, my air fryer was kind of dying on me. I had it for like many years and I just bought a new air fryer um, during Prime Day. And it's glorious. So good. If you don't have an air fryer, just get it. But anyway, but the biggest takeaway is take some time for yourself. I love it. I'll, I love all three of those. Um, yeah. My wife just made uh, s'mores in the air fryer. Wow. And it I was great. It worked out great. Um, we, we were going to do s'mores and the kids got all excited and then it started raining. And so we couldn't do s'mores outside. So uh, she found a, a recipe for, it takes like eight minutes in the fr- air fryer, and it came out delicious. The marshmallows were gooey. The chocolate was a little melty. It was perfect. Wow. Yeah, you're I right, man. Do air it. fryer. Good, good stuff. Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Soccer stuff. It's World Cup season. I was going to have something else. And I remember, wait, we're in the middle of the world. We're in, we're in World Cup. We're in group stage. It is World Cup season. New Zealand, Australia hosting. U.S. won their first game. All of my teams are winning. It's fun to have multiple teams, by the way. I've talked about this with you in basketball, Jeff. You're always like, oh, I can't support my new city's team yet. They won a championship. Get on board. Enjoy sport. Have your favorite. Yeah, I'm rooting for USA. Uh, We've got several Angel City players on the team. I'm in it. It was awesome watching Thompson take the pitch for the first time. Youngest player on a World Cup team. Incredible. Awesome. What a great game. But also, you know what? Angel City also has players on New Zealand. They also have players in Japan. My mom's family's from Denmark. Guess who also all won games? All of those teams. So I am invested. (laughs) (laughs) My takeaway is that everybody wins at the World Cup. There's no losers. Is that how it works? Well, I hate to bring up the other teams that those teams were playing. Oh, so, yeah, there were losers. But look, Jeff, if you have a lot of teams that you are rooting for, you won't be a loser. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's diversify you're not a, is what you're saying. Diversify. You're not a fair weather fan if you're a fan of the team that's winning. You're an all weather fan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, but I have a, I have a, it's a, awesome. Jump in. World Cup's great. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. 
Um, I have a quick anecdote that I want to tell you. This this weekend, um, there was a kid's birthday party that I brought our kids to. Um, and they had a face painting lady who did face painting. Uh, and so all the kids got their faces painted. And my, sis- my sister, my daughter got a, uh, like a, che- a cheetah tiger thing on her face. And my son sits down and, and <laughs> lady's like, what would you like? And he goes, I want the New York Jets logo. And I was like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I'm a f- Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. He has now. no Everybody's concept the Jets of logo. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I am a 49er fan. He is raised in a house with 49er fans. We live in Denver. So maybe the Broncos, I would understand. New York Jets. Like, where did he even? I, just, I couldn't. So he got the New York Jets logo on his face. And I was like, what? Where did you think? What? I couldn't. I'm telling you, Fairweather fan, diversified, he's, diversified. He's in your boat of just like, I'm going to root for everybody. Anyway, uh, my parting gift is uh, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is called Justified uh, with uh, Timothy Oliphant. It's back, baby. It is back on uh, on FX or uh, Hulu uh, on FX on Hulu, which is how I watch it. And uh, this is a show that I adore. It did, what, four or five seasons uh, many years ago? I think it's been a decade since there were any new episodes of Justified. But now it is back. I think only one season, but I've watched the first two episodes. It's just awesome to see Oliphant back in that role. Uh, These are based on the Elmore Leonard uh, novels. And it's just the coolest. It's like a, it's a modern day Western. It's a modern day, uh, you know, a modern day setting, but with the sensibilities of like an old grizzled Western where people say lines that just resonate with you. And uh, man, this new season is, has so much promise. It's always so interesting. I just love the fact that the show is back. So Justified uh, on uh, FX on Hulu is my parting gift this week. I think it has a, it's like, can't remember the, there's a subtitle for this season. Primeval City. Yeah. Not a good, not a great subtitle. That's why I don't remember it, but. Justified Core. There you go. Justified Core. Oh, perfect. Um, We also got a (laughs) listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This comes from Chris. Chris writes, longtime listener, first time writerer. I absolutely love the show. Please keep up the amazing work. I wanted to share a parting gift recommendation that has improved my life a bit by saving me and my wife some of our precious free time. After a long day of working and then doing the adult chores that need to get done, my wife and I finally sit down to relax and put a movie on before bed. But what to watch? We don't have a Roku or other congregator of content from multiple streaming apps. We just use my Xbox One and open each app individually as needed. The process of deciding what to watch was taking us so long to flip through all the apps and narrow down and agree upon a movie that we often didn't have enough time left over to watch said movie if we wanted to get in bed on time. Then we discovered the Just Watch app. This was a game changer for us because it allows you to enter which streaming services you currently subscribe to and then shows you what is streaming on each. You create a watch list that you can add and remove movies to and from And if you search for an actor or a movie title by name, it tells you whether or not it's available on your current apps. And if not, you can add it to your watch list. And if it becomes available later, it will show up. There's a free version of the Just Watch app 
but we pay a whole $2.65 per month to be able to filter by the movie's runtime, which is a lifesaver, and filter out uh, uh, filter out of the view of movies that are currently not available on our subscribed apps, plus some other benefits. If you suffer from the game of deciding what to watch, taking longer than it takes to actually watch the movie you decide on, then this app is for you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I have not uh, I have not used Just Watch, but it seems like it would be very useful for me, and I think it's a wonderful parting gift. We appreciate it. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Frank Ellerby and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those awesome bumpers. Thanks to Jesse J. Anderson, who made DLCSwag.com, where you can pick up uh, swag for our show. Check it out, DLCSwag.com. Also, thank you to our theme song composers, White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. Our biggest thanks, though, are reserved for our patrons who make this show possible every week. We appreciate you supporting us at Patreon.com slash DLCPod. Our top tier patrons, our hype train level patrons, they get their names read out at the end of every episode, which I'm going to do right now. It's time for me to thank our hype train patrons for their continued support at such a high level. Thank you, Jason Novak, Octavian Retziu, Taylor Wigert, Christian Bravery. Josh Peak, Jad, Nick Strauss-Klein, Peter Olberg, Michael Stadler, Jackson, Michael Buck, Travis, Mike Lombardo, Soren Silk, The Spice Man Silencer, Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show Podcast, Yick, Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schlepfer. Zachary White. Stu Goss. Kevin Brazel. Jenny. Ben. Nate. Scott Hughes. Dan Palmino. Malcolm King. Jimmy Radcliffe. Mark Gowland. Mitchell Ness. Jonathan Putney. Jeff Luxack, Will with 1L Harris Chris Zacharias Matt Bradley Victor Valenzuela Jonathan Talbert Scooby Diesel Adam Denby Cheesy Bob Hank Patton Sasan Rob Rickman Dan Flanagan Riley Knox, Anthony Gulas, Kyle Starr, Andy Joyce, Michael S., Matt Valdez, Relentless Rex, John Sisko, Comedian Aaron Trahan, Curtis from Louisville, David Epp, Sure you can! Hyperboy 66 Scott Lambert Brian Jordan J. 
Joe DeFrank, Kevin Ede, Stephen T. Seifert, Rob Wonder Rob Dominguez, Tyler Buckwild Broad, and Dwayne T. Robinson. Thank you to all of you, Hype Train patrons, for your continued generous support. We could not make DLC without you. If you'd like to be a Hype Train patron and get your name read over the top of delightful music, head over to patreon.com slash dlcpod. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.